You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. I have a girlfriend for the first time in 10 years. My confidence is through the roof. This was a former coaching client of mine who was extremely lonely and single for 10 years. Why? Because he thought he was a low-value man. He believed that just because he wasn't rich, tall, or buff, that he wasn't worthy of having a girlfriend, let alone an attractive girlfriend. However, you don't need any of those things to get women to like you and want to date you. If that were the case, musicians would never get laid, and I know musicians who still live with their parents and smell like wet dogs, yet have absolutely no problem sleeping with total tens on a regular basis. How do they pull it off? It's because they understand TED. TED stands for Tension, Entertainment, and Dominance. Combining all three elements not only makes women attracted to you, but you become all she thinks about, and she'll crave you so badly that she'll start chasing you and turning up the heat. It's the basis of my dating philosophy and how so many of my clients, even the ones who haven't been on dates in years, get insane results. Most of my coaching clients who have embraced the TED philosophy now have completely new dating problems, like accidentally double booking a date or having a hard time deciding which girl he wants to settle down with. If you're interested in coaching or if you just need some guidance, then go to coachbytrip.com right now and schedule a free one-on-one consultation call with one of our highly trained trip advice dating experts. Now, back to the podcast. What's going on, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. Welcome if you're new. Welcome back if you're if you're old. If you're not new. How's it going out there? Guys, cool interview today. This woman works worked, sorry, at Hinge. You know the dating app? You should. You should be on it. If you're not on it, you're missing out because it's become so popular and so many women are on it. I, I get on the phone with guys who I'm just coaching and I'm like, oh, what, what dating apps are you on? And they say, oh, I'm on Tinder or Bumble. I'm like, why are you not on Hinge? You gotta be, you gotta be in all of them, really. At least the most popular ones. So get on it. And no, this is not sponsored by Hinge. I don't think they need sponsorships. I think they're doing just fine. But anyway, I found this woman on TikTok. Her name is Alana Dunn. She's got a cool podcast. You'll hear about it soon. I'm going to be on her podcast as well. And she worked there. So I just wanted to talk to her. I wanted to hear about some of her experiences working there. I wanted to hear about what she did there, which you'll learn about. I wanted to chat with her on tips and things. And I got to say this, I didn't know what was going to come of it. A lot of the times I don't want to do interviews and she is on the guy's side. I feel like we're on a roll here. I feel like we're on a roll. Not that we have to be, but we just are on a roll with having female guests that are on, that are just like on the guy's side. And and you're going to hear me talk. I'm I'm a little brutal on this episode, or this interview, I should say. When I say brutal, I mean, um, I'm giving the ladies some shit here. And I'm I'm doing it because it's just what I believe. I'm, 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 not a misogynist by any means. I think women are awesome. If I didn't think women are awesome, I wouldn't teach men how to, how to get a woman, right? Be kind of weird. 
misogynist person who's a dating coach. You got to look at the reality of how it is. And uh, women, women are causing a lot of problems in the dating world. You're going to hear what I talk about here on this episode. It's just the truth. Just being real. I know that guys need to do their work too and do their part because I teach it. I teach you how to be better with dating, meeting women, and I help you as much as I can to have a great profile. You're going to get some really good tips today from Alana. And we're going to do our best. But if I had to really pinpoint like why things are, are going bad, it's because of how high of standards women have these days that are unrealistic and that's causing them to be single men to be single and it's a big issue so i'm bringing this up to you right now because prepare you're going to learn some of that here on this on this episode and and lo and behold i'm talking to a female and she's agreeing so there's something to be said about that it's very interesting anyway you can check out her podcast called seeing other people link is in the show notes for that i appreciate her coming on and let's get to the interview so here it is Alana and I talking about Hinge, dating apps, and online dating. Hello, Alana. How's it going? It is great. I am so excited to be here. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited to have you here. So uh, like I said earlier, I'll say this again, how I found you, how I find a lot of people these days is TikTok. Probably the, one of the reasons why I find pe- so many people from TikTok is just because it's so discoverable. You know, yeah. it's like you can just like see so many people so fast. I guess you can do that with the reels too, but I, I go on TikTok more. And, and I saw one of your TikToks that talked about the fact that you worked at Hinge. And immediately I was like, all right, I want to see if I can get her on the podcast. And it was cool because then I saw you have a podcast that you just launched. I launched it actually in 2021. So oh, okay. it's been so a minute. It's, it's, it, okay, you've been doing it for a while. How many episodes do you have? Probably somewhere between like 130 and 150. Wow, okay. Crazy to say, like absolutely wild to think about. That is amazing. Well, one day you'll reach me. I'm almost at 700. I mean, I'll maybe I'll reach where you're at now, but I will never catch up. Well, I, I plan on doing this podcast for a long time. So you never, there was one point I was putting out three episodes a week. So it got, it got wild for a little bit. And then I honestly, I just couldn't, I couldn't keep up with it. So now I'm, I'm, I'm back to two, but anyway, so what's your podcast about? So I started seeing other people because, you know, especially when I was working at Hinge, I also had a lot of my own dating challenges and struggles. And I felt like, especially on social media, you know, all we see is happy couples. You don't really see people opening up about the experiences that they've been through that have really hurt them or have made their dating lives really difficult and sometimes scary and sometimes feel, you know, really isolated while going through all of that. And so I learned that the more I was able to open up about it, the more people were able to feel like, wow, I'm not the only person going through this thing. Or, you know, I thought I was the only person who ever felt this way about something. And now I realize that like, I'm not alone. And, you know, so me opening up about my dating experiences and specifically struggles just helped other people feel seen and heard and understood. And so I wanted to create a place where I could do that, but I could also do two things. One, bring experts on to you know talk about different dating topics and figure out how can we make things better? How can we make dating suck a little bit less? And I also wanted to you know share that stage and you know share the fact like I'm opening up, but 
So can so many other people, you know, I only have my experiences that I can speak to, but all of my listeners have had their own situations that have hurt them in life, in love, that have made dating difficult, that have made relationships a certain way for them. And so- Is that men and women both? Yes, men and women both. So I bring my listeners on anonymously and they share what's impacted them in their lives and, you know, what they wish they knew when going through it. Well, I think the guys should definitely check out your podcast, but maybe you can give us a little sneak peek. Tell us what- what are they like? What are some stories that the guys have the guys have talked about? What are some stories that the women have talked about? Like, what what are they saying? Yeah, so I've had guys come on to talk about you know how like their body image, whether it's like being too short, how that has impacted their dating lives, how that's like wrecked their confidence, and how they've tried to navigate through that. I've had it's a common um, one. Yeah, I've had women come on to talk about how you know being in an un, I, women and men who have been in unhealthy toxic relationships, how that's impacted them and, you know, made them fearful of moving forward and trusting somebody new. I had uh, a man come on to talk about how he had cheated on his wife and what the aftermath of that was like, and to really get into the mind of somebody who has cheated and kind of answer the question like, is once a cheater, always a cheater. I had a woman yesterday who spoke about dating somebody who struggled with alcohol addiction. So really, any type of topic, like nothing is off limits. And to your listeners, if anybody, you know, wants to come on, like I absolutely welcome you to email me. Um, it's just seeing other people podcast at gmail.com and any story, like if it will help one person for that story to be out there, that's all I care about. You know, I want to share those stories. Cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's, let's rewind a little bit because you worked at hinge, which I think is super interesting. How long did you work there for? I was there for a little bit over two years from 2018 to 2020. And not only did I work there, like I made it my identity. I literally changed my like Instagram and TikTok handle to be Alana from Hinge. And like people would come up to me on the street and be like, oh my God, you're Alana from Hinge. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm Alana really? from Hinge. Yes. Well, how many followers do you have? I mean, I had like... Like how do they recognize you like that? Well, so I, I had like not that many followers on my account, but I was all of the content on the hinge account. Oh, okay. Now. Oh, got it. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. I feel, I feel like I've seen that before. So maybe, yeah, you did look a little familiar. Um, <laughs> all right. Interesting. Okay. So did you, did you quit or get laid off? You got laid off. I got laid off. That's right. Cause you said that in the TikTok. was that when did that happen? I feel like 2020, that's, that's when like Hinge and all these dating apps exploded. Exploded. So it was in 2020, a little over two years into my working there. And I thought that I have the most job security in the world. My title at that time was lead content creator. And my job description was the face of Hinge on social media. And so I, I will say like, I wasn't happy. The first year that I was there, Hinge was in very much startup mode. And I was the 35th employee. And it was like, Go throw shit in, at the in wall. In 2018? In 2018, I was the 35th employee. Tiny team at the time. Wait, like that blows my mind because I remember Hinge, Hinge yeah. from like 2015. Hinge's marketing team was six people and Bumble's was 60. Jeez. Okay. And now Hinge, in my opinion, I think Hinge is the most, I don't know if it's the most popular. Tinder is probably the most popular worldly, but yes. I think Hinge is where people are seeing the most success. But anyways. I agree. Um, but, okay, so go on. Yeah. So it went from being in startup mode where I was able to be like super creative and just, you know, try things out and see what worked to, you know, acquired by match group. And suddenly, you know, there are 25 people who need to say yes to any single initiative that we were going to do. And there was a lot of backtracking and trying to prove why we should continue doing what we've been doing for years that was working. And so 
I was in a really tough place where like I'm a creative person and I had, you know, started this podcast for Hinge called Dating Sucks. And I realized like, oh my God, I found this thing that I absolutely love to do and I just want to keep doing it. And because of all of these like hoops that I had to jump through, it was just on pause for like six months. And I'm like, well, I could have been putting an episode out every single day for these six months. And what ultimately happened was they brought someone in who really like had a high up position and didn't believe in social media. And in November of 2020, they shut down the social media. I lost my job, as did the content director. And they have not posted a single thing on their social media platform since. In fact, right after I left, they wiped them all. Let me ask you this. Unbiased on the business side of things, do you, do you think that was a good idea for them to do that? Oh, okay. absolutely not. And the Why number not? of people, I mean, obviously like I am in a situation where like people are going to talk to me about it, but the number of people who have said like, where, where the hinge content go? Like I wanted to find this video that was really helpful. Like I wanted to send this to a friend. I remember this thing you said helped me so much and how I can't find it. Like it's sad because that content was there not to, you know, suck people into social media and keep them, you know, scrolling, but it was there really to help people have a better dating experience. What kind of content was it? I never saw any of the content. I mean, not that I remember at least. Yeah. So there was a lot of video content from me and, and towards the end from other creators as well about, you know, actionable ways to improve your dating app profile, how to get from the app conversation onto a date, what to do if you realize you don't want to see someone anymore. Like just very, you know, both high level and nitty gritty of how can we make this process better for you? Got it. So okay. it's really unfortunate that not only like did they stop, but they got rid of everything. So weird. Why do you think they did that? I mean, I know that like this, they've just wanted to not do it anymore. I think part of it, I guess what they tried to justify or their reasoning for it is because they really are an app that they don't want you to be on your phone. Like designed to be deleted is true. Like they want you to meet somebody and then have real life experiences with them. We even had like this incredible perk what for the employees there at the time called a date stipend. And like every month, every employee got $200 to go on a date, whether it's with a friend, a family member, an actual like romantic partner, someone they met on Hinge or any other app. They, Hinge just wanted us to be having like real life, meaningful experiences and making connections. And so they are a very like not tech, though it's a tech company in a way, like they don't want you to be on your phone, not living your life, not making real life meaningful connections. So I think that was like the reason. But at the same time, it's like, at the end of the day, you are a dating app. And it doesn't like there were a lot of people who were like, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. What the wait, why were they saying what the fuck? Because like, of what? Because why? Is like, it we're a dating app. How are we not going to have social media? Oh, right. So like, what the fuck? Why did they delete all that stuff? Yeah. 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 That's really strange. That's really yeah. strange. Okay. How was the culture working there? You know, I really enjoyed it, especially in like the early days when I was there. And, you know, there were people who were there for like six years before me. It's not like I was there from the start, but it was a company of really wonderful people who really wanted to make a positive impact and help people find love. Like that is what it came down to. And there were so many like celebratory moments. Like every week we would like 
literally as a company sit down for an all hands meeting and share a success story that a user sent in. And, you know, like sometimes we would joke that we were in the business of making babies when people would send us like, oh, I met my partner on Hinge. We're married. We have a kid on the way now. Like it really was this magical, like wonderful thing where everybody did really want to make an impact. But I think, you know, every company experiences growing pains and things did change a lot when it went from being like 30 people to then like, it probably went from like 30 to 50 in a year and then like doubled in a few months. Plus we had the pandemic and everyone's virtual and we're trying to figure that out. But I had a very unpleasant last few months there. I think it was because I felt like I was showing up every day fighting to do my job. It became so much more corporate. Like instead of, you know, going and making content like I was doing all the days prior for over a year and a half, I was told like, no, don't go do that. Go and make this 40 slide deck of like why you should make that content. Oh my God. So just an, yeah, I was, I was going to interrupt you and say probably an insane approval process Yes, for everything that you had to do. Cause that's whenever, when anyone says corporate, that's the first thing that goes to my head. Yeah, And prior to that, nobody was approving anything and there was never a problem with it. Unbelievable. That's crazy. Okay. So you're putting so I'm curious though, like what are some of the things that you learned about the app itself? Whether you know a guy here can can learn from that or something that's just interesting, just about how it works and how it runs and all that stuff. Yeah. So I think the first thing to note is that. I can't speak for every dating app, but a dating app like Hinge, they actually do want you to meet someone. They're not like, oh, let's see how miserable we can make this person's live life and that like dating apps are hell and we want you to not find love. Like, no, they really try so hard to make it so that you can meet your person and have do, the opportunity. Do you know what I, do do you know what I think they should do to, uh, to help that? But what? I'm curious what you'll think about this. They need to tell the women to stop only swiping or messaging or responding to the top 20% of men because women, this is the data from OkCupid from a few years ago. I'm sure it hasn't changed across the other apps that women are only, only finding very few men attractive and only going for a very few select men. Interesting. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that that's the job of the algorithm to evenly disperse people so that it's not just every single woman only seeing the top 20%. It's different levels being sent to everybody. Do you think they're doing that? Do you think Hinge is doing that? I have a feeling they're not because I have looked at, you know, what my profile was versus a friend of mine and then another friend of mine. And the quality of the men that we were getting was incredibly different across the board for our profiles. How, How so? Like somebody would be getting like a friend would be looking at mine and be like, wait, why are you getting all of these guys that like I would want to date and actually swipe on? Or like these guys are like so much more attractive. And then I'd look at another friend's profile and be like, and have that same reaction of like, wait, I would swipe right. Or like try and match with all of these people. I'm not getting fed any of those people. Like, does that, what does that say about like my profile and who's swiping on me? And also, cause I've been unhinged too. And I've seen, when you get on there, at least on the guy side, the first 20 girls are like models. Yeah. The first 20, maybe even yeah. more. And that is not an accident. Like you no. are first. And then, and then I've heard, and, oh, and I, yeah, this has happened to me too. Then it gets to a point where then it's like, you just get all these terrible profiles. 
Yeah. And I've had guys complain to me. They're like, Trip, I'm doing the swiping. I'm telling you, like, I'm getting these women who are just, I mean, terrible profiles. It doesn't even seem like they're active. Do you have any idea, like, what could be happening there? I think it, what I would say is if you've had a profile that, you know, you haven't been getting the results that you want, what I would suggest is to create a new profile, but also put in the time to like improve that profile, whether it's with new pictures, new prompts, whatever it may be, and then delete your account, start fresh, understand that those first 20, 30, 40 women are going to be like really unattainable and like the dream and you're not going to match with them. And after that, it's going to be a different group of people, but that will refresh you in the algorithm with this new profile that's improved that you haven't already like swiped through all these people and had other people swipe on you and not like you because your first picture, you know, you're looking to the side, the sunglasses on and they can't see what you look like. So I think giving yourself a fresh start with something a little bit different is the way to almost prevent that from happening because chances are, you know, you're there with your profile that maybe hasn't served you and isn't setting you up for success. And so not that many people are swiping on you are matching with you. And I imagine it is pushing you lower down in the algorithm and then giving you lower quality potentials. Do you have any inside information on that? Because I've been telling guys to do that for a few years now when they're getting the bad profiles or maybe they're just not getting any matches. I tell them just delete the app and delete your account. And then in a few days, start it again. And it seemed to work. Mm-hmm. Is that confirmed? Like that? I have actually? no idea. No, okay. I, I don't know. But, um, but it seems I have, to. It anecdotally, seems to it seems to. It seems to work. But I would also emphasize like what I said about improving your profile in between doing that. Because otherwise, eventually, you're going to bottom out and get to that same place that you don't want to be in. I would also look at your filters. Um, are you, do you have a 100 mile radius and your age filter is not set? Like I would really pay attention to the people that you're allowing to come into your like house in a way, you know, your virtual house of potential people. I would really make sure that your filters are not too broad at the same time. You don't want to make them too narrow, but I do see with a lot of people who are in that situation, I'll be like, well, what are your filters? And like, they'll be like, Oh, I haven't really set them. And it's like, well, then they're just giving you literally anyone. Got it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because if it's too broad, then everyone's coming your way and you might not get that specific person that you would like. And if it's obviously, if it's too narrow, it just, the, the, the pool is smaller. What do you think about guys who I heard, I don't know if this is a Tinder thing. Maybe it's for hinge too. Have you heard anything about men or, well, it's definitely not women. So we'll just say men who are liking every single profile. Like they're just saying yes. Like I don't, you can't, you're not really swiping technically on Hinge, but on Tinder, like you can just go boom, 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 and say yes to everyone. And I heard that that actually hurts the algorithm for an account if you're just liking everybody. Any thoughts on that? I imagine it absolutely does, especially on an app like Hinge where they really want you to be intentional. I, imagine that they are taking note of who you're liking. Because, you know, it's also the algorithm is trying to learn your preferences. And if you like every single person, that's not giving the algorithm anything to work with. They're not going to get any closer to, you know, finding 
the right person for you. And I'm sure they're going to feed you to less people because you're not telling them, you know, anything. It, you're just kind of, you're, it's basically as if you just started and you yeah. haven't swiped at all. It hasn't learned a thing about you. It's an algorithm. It's supposed to learn and adapt. Got it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about it that way. The algorithm is working for you to learn about you and what you like. Yeah. And I will say also, like, I mean, I I dated somebody years ago whose roommate literally bought this thing that clipped onto his phone and it was like a swiping finger. It would swipe for him just <laughs> right, 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 right. I've on seen Twitter. that. I've seen that on like TikTok and all that and different memes on Instagram. I'm just like, what? Like, how like how is that gonna get you anywhere? Well, you have to understand coming from the guy's side, it's, it's a little bit different. It, it's a massive numbers game. I think you already know this. And I wonder if you can speak to, to this at all. Just the fact that an average woman, so an average looking woman can go on hinge, for example, and have so many options. It's insane. Yeah. And an average looking man will say also with the other qualifications, maybe, um, it's where they work and, and things like that can get almost no matches. Yeah. It's you've heard of this. I've, oh, this. I've absolutely heard of it and I, I don't doubt it. And it's tough because I also know women in that position who can't get any matches, can't get any dates and who are average, if not above average and very eligible. And that only, you know, makes it even that more surprises me. That shocks me a little bit. So you're saying that there's yeah. been average women who use Hinge yeah, and they can't get a date. Now, I'd be curious to hear what that means because I would suspect that she actually, yeah, okay. I kind of think I just figured it out. What's probably happening is her filters are way too tight, whether it's on the app or in her head. She's probably going for only the top of the top guys and feels that she deserves that. And those guys are not attracted to her. Therefore, no dates. Your it's thoughts? Tough. It's tough to, I want to agree with that because it makes sense. But, you know, I have like one close friend of mine in mind and like, I have spent a lot of time on her hinge, on her Bumble. I have helped her with her profile and she, maybe sometimes she can get matches, but you know, I've helped her swipe and, and been like, why don't you swipe right on that person? Like, I think, what, like, what, what does she say? Well, then she'll, she'll say, okay. And then those people will never match with her. And I, I did an experiment <laughs> and I literally, and, yeah. and literally they won't match with her. And I did an experiment where I started swiping right on people that we both agreed, like not, it's not, and it wasn't even being picky. It's just like, they put literally no effort into their profile. Like sometimes we can't even see what they look like or they have like sure. the, you know, mirror selfie car selfie is every single picture. And those are the people who liked her and that's it. And I'm like, well, are you not getting served to the right, like to the right people? I don't understand. And this is obviously one example, but I know a lot of women who struggle too. And so knowing that and knowing this like percentage and how much better of an experience women tend to have on apps, it makes me so sad for the guys and what I will say is I'd say nine out of 10 times that I look at a guy's profile, it becomes very clear to me why they're not getting the results that they Same. want. Same. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And that makes sense because think about it, how much more often women are taking pictures of them, posting, writing captions. You know, women have been doing this in a way on their Instagram profiles for so long, for over a decade now. And this is just a different version of that. 
that being said, that brings a lot of issues too. Nine out of 10 women's profiles I look at, I'm like, okay, this is great if you're trying to make friends on Instagram, not great if you're trying to find a partner, but they have more options. Well, how, how do you mean? I will see girls posting such like aesthetically pleasing photos, you know, holding the coffee, the sunglasses halfway down their face, like standing in front of whatever graffiti on the wall, whatever it is, where it's like, it's not saying anything about you. You just look good. And at, at the end of the day, like looks do help a little, sometimes a lot, depending on the person. But the point of your profile is to talk about who you are and your person, like show off your personality and share what you're interested in so you can f- make connections with other people who, you know, see that and they're like, oh, I also am obsessed with Thai food. I should tell them about this hole in the wall place or wait, that's so cool that they went to the, travel to this place or that they play this sport. I have questions about that. Or So, I you, so you're that saying too. that they focus more on the photos than they do the prompts? And Well, then there, that comes to where their prompts are just like them trying to be witty and funny and like trying to, you know, write a clever line instead of actually sharing bits of information about themselves. Yeah, they love coffee in the office. Yeah, they're like writing Instagram captions in their prompts and that's not what you should be doing. So that's the problem that I see for the most part with women. What does that look like? What what does that look like? An Instagram caption in the prompts? Like, I'll make you like, just like, I'll fall for you if you trip me. Just like witty things like that. That are uh, like I understand. Just, okay, it you know, clicked. got it. Yeah. yeah, witty stuff that doesn't. It's not saying anything about. It's the not person. saying anything about you. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with a really good picture of a woman on an app. I think the only thing is, is the way that you described it. Yeah, if she's got her half, if she got her glasses halfway down her face and she's like far away in front of some mural, well, who cares? You can't even see what she looks like. Right. Exactly. And so that can be a problem as well. Would you, um, would you agree with this statement? Do you think that when it comes to dating apps that women are too picky? I think women are too picky on and off of dating apps. Absolutely. Okay. okay. So you think that, okay. Yeah. Do you think that they've gotten increasingly pickier over the years? I mean, I know you're 28, so there's only so much of your adult life you can speak to, but I mean, what do you think? Define over the years, over the last few years or over the last like 15 years? Yeah, let's call it the last 10 years. Last 10 years. Yes, I absolutely think so. And I think dating apps play a major role in that, as does social media. You know, it's there's always somebody else. What if this person is okay, but the next person is great? Or, you know, this person that I went on a date with from the apps was like, okay, but you know, maybe I'd rather meet somebody in person. So I'm going to hold out or this date was good, but like maybe the next date, like I didn't get butterflies on this and that's the feeling I want, whether or not that's even a good thing, you know? So I think it's always like more, more, more. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the book called the paradox of choice? Yes, exactly. Okay. There you go. That's it. Do you want to explain that to the listeners or should I go for it? I'll do a better job. Paradox. Really simple. The more choice you have, the harder it is to choose. That's it. Yeah, I knew. So, I, I'm very long winded, so I knew you would do a better job at just <laughs> putting it there. Well, I'm a, I'm a little bit of both, but but I, I've I've explained this a lot, quite a bit on the podcast too. But for anyone who I haven't who hasn't heard that, yeah, that's the idea. And with women, they have so much choice that it's just it, it gets to the point where I don't know. I, I think we're we're seeing more women who are single into their 30s and and women becoming unhappier and 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 not doing the right things I think they need to do to find a happy relationship and going for such a small pool of men who either a don't want them or B just hook up with them and then drop them. Mm -hmm. 
So I, I have to say, I do believe that a lot of the issues that stem from dating in the past 10 years and why so many more people are single happens to be on the women's side. I think that that they are a big issue of why people are not getting together and staying together. Now, of course, you know, guys can do better on their profile and do all that stuff. But really, I feel if women were looking at the goal in mind to find a good partner, to find a good guy, and didn't just focus on the top 20%, they would actually be able to find it. And I'm, I'm saying this to you, and I've said this out loud on my social media before, and then I get a bunch of women knocking on my door being like, you're telling us to have lower standards. Why shouldn't we have high standards? And it's like, listen, everyone should have high standards. You can have the highest standards you want, but it's just a matter of the reality of will you actually be able to get the standard that you're looking for? Well, What are your thoughts on some of that? There's a lot that I want to touch on. Yeah, hit, yeah, hit me with I it. I want to start with the standards thing, and I hope I don't forget the rest. But here's my thing about standards. Of course, everybody should have standards. I think people approach standards entirely wrong. It shouldn't be about what college this person went to, what job they have, how much money they make, how tall they are. It should be about how do they treat me? How do I feel when I'm with them? I want somebody that I feel safe with. That's my standard. And if I feel more anxious than before I met them with this person, then that's that falls below what I'm willing to accept. And that person's not for me. Uh, real you know? quick, just to be clear, are you ta- you're talking about women right now? Mostly. Are you yes. talking about yes. men? This is, I think this is the, like how women need to... Okay, okay. C- continue. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the problem is, you know, people have this vision in their heads of what this person's going to look like and, you know, what their life is going to be like and where they're from and how they grew up. And that doesn't mean that they're going to be a personality fit. That doesn't mean that they're going to be somebody who can grow into being your life partner. And so I think, you know, I've seen friends who have been in relationships for maybe like eight, nine, 10 years now where their partner is somebody who would not have been like, would not have fit that mold that they would have created for themselves because they met them earlier on. They weren't thinking about those things, but they met somebody who they really fell in love with and were able to build a real partnership and foundation and future with versus people who are now on dating apps. And it's like, well, because you can filter for these things, those are going to be the things that you decide like, okay, these are on my checklist and I need to stay within these parameters. And I just, I think everybody's doing themselves a disservice by that. Totally. Okay. That's one. Okay. I was going to say your next, keep, keep going. My next. I, Cause we're going to forget it. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on it. Cause I, I agree. First of all, I just want to say, yeah. I agree. Continue. I think with women being too picky, I don't think that's as big of an issue as is women playing games and following the rules and trying to be hard to get and not, you know, share how they're feeling. I think that's a bigger problem because nobody's actually communicating. Nobody is being open and honest about how they're feeling and what their intentions are. And you end up with just talking to these people who they don't want to respond too quickly, but they're not going to wait until the next day. If you don't confirm the date by 11 a.m., they already have plans for that night. Sorry, you know, they didn't want to wait around for you. Their lives are busy. You know, if you ask them on a date, they say, oh, I'm only free next Wednesday. Does that work for you? When in reality, they're free every single night, but they think that they have to 
show that they have really busy lives and that makes them more attractive and makes you want to be with them more. And I think that's the bigger problem that we're facing. Sounds, right it sounds now. like you ever heard of the book, The Rules? Yeah. Have you read it? I have not. Okay. I think it would piss me off a lot. It's interesting. I think, yeah, we don't have to get too deep into it. Uh, guys, The Rules is a book that's like game for women. It's like how women can be able to attract more men. Some things in there are great. Other things are kind of like, oh, I don't think you really need to do that. Kind of like you said, I, here's the thing, Alana. I don't think that most women really understand men. I don't think they understand what men want. I completely agree with that. I don't think they understand w- what guys are attracted to. The guys are not going to be attracted to a woman who's like super busy. That's not attractive. Yeah. You know, guys don't care about, you know, what college you went to. They don't, probably don't even care. Most don't even care if you went to college, you know, or how high of a degree, yeah, how high of a degree yeah. you have or, or, or how high you are on the corporate ladder. They just don't care. It's just not what gets them attracted. What are your thoughts? I agree. I completely agree, but I don't think that girls understand that. And I think girls just think, you know, they've been fed like, they want the chase. So you have to give it to them, but you know, you're also going to get the chase back and you have to chase them and don't put your cards on the table when I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, like men just like want that genuine connection. Yeah, totally. Availability. I think men are more attracted to availability than unavailability. Now, actually, no, that is actually literally today. I posted a reel that talked exactly about that. It's, it's the, it's the reverse and it's funny because I posted the content, but it was a content I, I created months ago. So I forgot where this study comes from, but I, it was some accredited university where they talked about the idea where women will become more attracted to a man who's more unavailable, but it's the opposite. A man will become more unattracted when, so for example, guys talking to a woman, super into her. She's like, I'm married. I mean, he still might be attracted to her, but it doesn't turn him on anymore. Mm-hmm. Or that might actually turn a woman on more to find out he's married or to find out that lots of women like him, right? This idea of social proof. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's quite the opposite. Men do like women who are, who are more available. Yeah. And it's frustrating because women at the end of the day, they, for the most part, all they want is that connection too. They've just been fed all of these misconceptions about how to get there. Why do you think that is? I mean, you're a woman. I think a lot of the justification behind it is because if you don't put all your cards on the table too soon, you don't get too emotionally involved and therefore you don't get as hurt as you could if you were all in from the start. Which I get. But there are better ways to go around that. I think doing the opposite and actually being really open about where you're at and how you feel, you know, the sooner you can do that, the sooner you'll have your answer if that's reciprocated. And the longer you wait to do that, the more likely you're going to get hurt. So it's tough. So you're in a relationship. Correct. How long have you been dating your guy? Uh, Coming up on two years in February. So almost a year and a half or almost over a year and a half. Yeah. Did you meet on Hinge? We did. Okay. That's hilarious and great. It should be that way. Fantastic. Before we jump ahead, I want to touch on how 
it's there are a lot of learnings I think from how we met on Hinge because so first of all we matched in January of 2021. We talked. He asked me on so, date. So you were using Hinge after. after you got fired. I was like, you know what? <laughs> that's I have how my good, feelings about the company, but I believe I do. Like at the end of the day, like believe in the product and believe in you know the intentions behind it. Um, it was also like it was the only dating app I ever had success on prior to working there. So I am definitely a Hinge ride or die, even though I got they broke up with me. You know? Yeah. I mean, listen, this is not sponsored by Hinge, but I, I no. do tell I do tell guys. You know, if you're not on Hinge, you're missing out on a lot of opportunities because a lot of women are on there. Anyway. Yeah. So he messaged me on January 8th. I did not answer. I don't know why. Literally no no clue why I didn't answer. He messaged me again on January 18th and said, hey, figured I'd try this again. And I saw that message. And his first message to me that I ignored was, hey, I also love the Jonas Brothers, LOL. Because I had a prompt in my profile about loving the Jonas Brothers. And so... So so simple. So simple. And again, I don't know why I didn't answer him the first time because when he messaged me again and followed up, I immediately responded. And I was like, I'm so glad you did. Don't know how I didn't see this before because I absolutely would have responded to that opening in line. And so that's lesson number one, where you have nothing to lose by following up. Nothing. Yeah. And this is something that I would do, you know, I would sometimes go through old matches and see who, you know, I matched with, but never struck up a conversation with, or I messaged them. They didn't answer. They messaged me. I didn't answer. You know, I would pop in and be like, so sorry. Oh my God. I was in the shower dot to dot for four months. How's it going? Funny. Whatever. Break the ice, pick it back up. Yeah. So I remember that I, when I saw him and I ended up responding to him, I had texted a mutual friend after we were like chatting, chatting for a bit. The conversation's going well, you know, did my little background check. And she was like, Alana, I literally was like, I'm matched with this guy, Jake. What's his deal? And she goes, Alana, scroll up in our conversation. We literally had this talk in October. So I scroll up. Okay. I messaged her about this guy, Jake in October. She told me he was great. Said I should totally message him. I didn't. What I later realized... Why? Why didn't you? I have no idea. Not a clue. Don't know. If, if maybe, you had to say. Maybe a conversation with somebody else took off at the time or I went on a date that night that was really good and I was just yeah. like, oh, it's okay. Like, Other you know, options. I think there are so many reasons why somebody won't answer. And at the end of the day, it's not personal almost ever. Um, but what I later realized recently, looking back at that conversation with that mutual friend, when I texted her in October, I had said going through my old matches because, you know, not finding anyone good right now in my potentials. I matched with this guy in May. Neither of us ever messaged each other, but I think I want to. So we literally matched in May of 2020. And then I brought up messaging him in October of 2020. And then somehow we rematched in January of 2021. I didn't answer him. And then he followed up. And that is literally what it took for us to get on a date. Persistence. Yeah. And I think it's just, you know, so interesting to note that like there could be so many people that you've matched with in the past, you had a conversation with and it didn't go anywhere or they're sitting in your matches or your like section right now where you just haven't started a conversation or you let the conversation fade out and, you know, thought it'd be awkward to like double text and you have literally nothing to lose by taking that chance. And the crazy thing is like my Jake and I talk about this all the time where 
had we ended up talking in October or in May the year before, it wouldn't have worked out because we weren't actually like really in a place and time in our lives where we could have been all in. Interesting. Yeah, that goes to show you. I mean, really, definitely good to follow up. I tell guys too, if you're ever in a conversation with a woman on the app or any of the apps and it's, you know, and then I have them text them or get their number and then there's no response or she doesn't text them to then a couple days later, just say, Hey, are you interested in, are you still interested in connecting sometime? Yeah. Why not? Literally. Why not? If they don't answer then, then take that non-answer as an answer. There's your answer. But you have nothing to lose for that. Even like 10% chance that like one in 10 times somebody will end up responding. Yeah. Or who knows? She wasn't that serious. She was, she was messaging you on the app and then she had to, then la- that night she had a date and then she didn't look at it. Yeah. And you never know. So you just got to try never again. Know. Yep. Yeah. Man, what a hustle, huh? Takes a lot of work. <laughs> it's like dating apps are supposed to be easier, which they are in a sense, but I think it's also made it harder in so many ways. I don't know. There's uh, two sides to the coin. I think in some ways it's, it's awesome how we can just meet so many more people, which allows us to find a better partner for us. But then again, at the same time, the paradox of choice, yeah. always thinking that there's something better or for guys, it just, it's become harder because women are only going for the top guys. And so then it's just like, Oh, dating apps actually did nothing to improve their dating life. So, yeah, well, well to that point, you know, I think it's important to recognize and call out like there's this, I feel like belief in society right now where it's like the dating apps are how you meet people. Like, no, they are one way to meet people just because dating apps exist. Doesn't mean that bars don't exist or parties don't, or singles events and speed dating, like all of these ways that our parents and grandparents met, like they still exist. And so I know it can feel scary, especially because like we're not used to doing it now just because of social media and being so glued to our phones. It can feel scary to approach somebody, but that is literally how the rest of the human race did it for ever and ever and ever up until until like seven years ago, literally so recently. And we forget that that's an option or we think it's too scary because it's so unfamiliar. It's like you have, again, you have nothing to lose. You have to just get out there, put yourself in the position to meet people and practice talking to people, practice striking up a conversation, saying hi, even if it's not to end up on a date, even if it's just to like flex that muscle and get a little more used to it. That way, when you are out and you do see somebody you're interested in, you'll have a little practice under your belt and it'll feel a little less scary. Yeah, I agree. I wonder if in the next five years that there's going to be a shift where people are going to just get a little sick of the apps. I don't know how much more the apps can really evolve. And, and then they start going back to, it becomes cool to meet people in person again. And maybe there's some company that comes out that makes it easy for people to actually meet in person and comes up with something new. You know, there's always flips in the market, no matter what's happening. It's like, I I mean, I hope, I hope that that will happen. Yeah, I think I, really I think do. that'd be pretty cool. But I agree with you. I think that people need to utilize, especially men, because they they don't have as many options. That they need to utilize all different ways of meeting women. Yeah, all the absolutely. things that you said, and and then try to get the volume that way. Let me ask you this: and some of the time we have left, knowing that you've done so much content for Hinge before, talked about so much stuff. 
just give us your quick list of things that guys should be doing to get chances at the most success on Hinge or any dating app. Definitely sending comments instead of likes. If you actually want to talk to somebody, send a comment. Um, women are way more likely to respond to that or to feel like, oh, this person's putting in effort. I know some people who literally won't respond to likes at all if there's no comment attached because they their initial thought is like, oh, well, they didn't put in any effort. I would yeah. say make sure your profile is a completely filled out. Again, if you don't have those six pictures and three prompts filled out and your basic info, again, women are going to think they're not putting in effort. Now they're not going to put effort into a relationship. Don't just say hi. Don't say, how was your weekend? Start a conversation about something in their profile. Because again, people, especially women, love to talk about themselves. And if you bring up something in their profile, they're going to take note that you paid attention. And it sucks because, of course, you guys are out there, you're trying really hard and it's not working. Women think that guys don't put in effort. And what they want to see is effort. They want to know that you're going to plan the date a few days in advance and make a reservation and confirm the morning of. Why can't you confirm after 11 a.m.? I don't know, because there are people going around saying that you're not allowed to. Really? But yes. Oh, I have a whole thing on this confirming it's, thing. It's just, it's insane. But it is, it's the reality, you know? Yeah. It's, it's it insane that we have to confirm, but it's the reality that we do or else, yeah, people will be like, they didn't confirm. I'm out. Yeah. I, Jake didn't confirm the, our first date the day of. I texted him at five o'clock. My friends told me, absolutely do not text him. Like, he's going to stand you up. He didn't confirm. Don't you dare go to that restaurant. And they were mad at me for texting him. And then when he responded, they told me I can't even heart his message because that'd be giving him too much warmth when I shouldn't even be giving him the time of day right now. And I'm like, oh my that is God. So fucking ridiculous. That is insane. And, and that is the mindset that so many women have. And it's so stupid. It's so frustrating. I'm like, this is why I like wake up and like work every day to try and combat this. But there are a huge group of women out there who are not going to follow through on the date if you don't confirm the morning up. So it's that like, it's just stupid, ridiculous. but just put don't on your list of things that. you have to do. Wow. I, I mean, do you, this is, this Crazy. is the reality. This is what yeah. I'm talking about when their standards are so high and that they, they have allowed themselves to nitpick so much yeah. all because they have either too many options or have this false sense of reality that they deserve better than they can get. It's just mind blowing. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, more tips. Yes. Um, Make sure your filters are set. Your prompts. If you have seen, if what's in your prompt you've seen on someone else's profile, or if it's something where it's like, I'm overly competitive about everything. You know, my like something, something I'll, we'll get along. If you love the office, things like that, they are not helping you. In fact, a lot of women, if they see that they're going to immediately swipe left because they think that, oh, they couldn't even come up with anything or this doesn't tell me anything about them or just eye roll. I've seen this a gajillion times. So really actually taking the time to put effort into your profile as if it almost was your resume. You know, you wouldn't send your resume out without descriptions of the jobs that you've had. You wouldn't just put the jobs. You know, that's like just putting pictures and writing one or two words in your prompts or the first thing you can think of. Like, no, you would actually prepare really 
hard and, and take a lot of time and effort into that resume, write a good cover letter. It's, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. You know, you want to be putting your best foot forward. You want to be sharing things about you that somebody has the opportunity to connect with you on. Cool. I feel like you didn't mention anything about pictures yet. Yeah, that was next. Oh, there's Go. a lot. Hit it. Oh yeah. Continue. You know, I reviewed somebody's profile last week and his first picture was him with a really hot girl. And as a woman, that A, the question immediately is, oh, is that an X? B, the question is, oh, well, if, you know, if they, a lot of women don't think highly of themselves. So I saw that and I'm like, well, I immediately would not even think that you would consider me because the woman standing next to you in that picture is so much more in shape than me, like so much more attractive, like, like a hot blonde, like that immediately makes me feel like, oh, I'm not going to be for this person. So I've never heard it described that way. And I've always told guys to not have pictures of them with anyone, especially women. And that was a really good way of describing it from the female's point of view. Interesting. Okay. We're very in our heads. We compare ourselves a lot to anyone and we're going to overthink literally everything. Um, So you actually suggest to not have photos with anyone. Yeah. I say no photos with anyone. Yeah. I disagree with that. Okay. Why? I like to see one photo of you and your friends, your family, whoever it is. These are your people. And to me, I want to know, like, who do, who do you surround yourself with? And I'm not looking to see, personally, I'm really not looking to see if your friends are hotter than you. And I know that that's the fear, that like you're going to show somebody who's more attractive or you're going to look short next to the tall guy, whatever it is. Like, And I think that has an effect. I, I, I think it's a completely valid fear, but I don't think it has as much of an effect as you would think. Like, and I also really believe that people are like their happiest, like most genuine selves in when they're with their friends. So I want to see like, is your smile bigger with them? Like, are these the people who light you up? And I don't know, something about all solo pictures actually rubs me the wrong way. Interesting. Do you think most women think that way? The women I've talked to, yes. It rubs them the wrong way. How? What are they missing? Do you have friends? Do you have people? Isn't that implied? I mean, as long as the pictures are good. You would think. The pictures are good. Yeah. I, I think also, especially with guys, like that picture of you and your friends to me comes off as like the most personality picture of all. Again, like guys take usually way fewer photos than women. So they have fewer photos to choose from. And I often find that they're just putting literally the only photos they have. And they're not usually good photos. They're not photos that are showing me or telling me anything about you. They're just like a photo that your mom took when you were somewhere and she wanted to take a picture of you. Like, well, I I, I tell guys to do passion shots. So whatever their passion is, they should take a picture of it. I like that. So, you know, whether you're running a marathon or you're playing guitar or you're cooking or you're reading a book or whatever, I I think that that might, that might help. Yes. Instead of necessarily having to have a group picture or something like that. I agree. If you have like something like that on your profile, yes, that does show and tell me things about you and He's got, so he's got some stuff going on. Yeah, I think exactly. that's maybe where I, I, I failed to explain. I think that those pictures can imply that yeah. he's that this person's got a life. He's doing stuff. I agree know? with that. I would also say just quick tips like yeah. 
don't do black and white photos if you can avoid it. Your first photo should absolutely not have sunglasses on. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you don't want to be like turned away or like a photo of your back in front of a mountain. Nobody wants to see the mountain. They want to see you. Yes. And really like, I know some people, especially people who are less confident and both for men and women, they'll, their first photo, especially if they're not confident, like it'll be like a far off photo in the distance. Like you want to make it really easy for somebody to see your picture, your first picture and know what you look like. Yep. Those are great. Those are great. Uh, Some of those I, I, yeah, I didn't really think about or never really heard about before, especially the one with don't just like, but write a comment. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And and I do polls all the time on my Instagram. My audience is like majority female. Um, So they are all right. Like if you're a woman vote, if you're a man vote and with women, it'll be like 85% would rather receive a comment over a like. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Shows that you care, shows your personality a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, check out Alana's podcast, seeing other people. Where can they find it? Seeing other people, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, uh, some episodes go up on YouTube, all that. And then um, Instagram at seeing other people and Alana done on TikTok. Sweet. We're going to put all that information in the show notes. Alana, any last words? Thank you so much for being here and doing this. Thank you for having me. And, and guys, hang in there. I know it's tough out there. I'm sorry that it's so tough on <laughs> out there. I apologize on behalf of all of the women that have sucked and have just blamed it on the men because I am very well aware that the women are so responsible for it sucking as, as are you guys in some cases, but just hang in there. Well, uh, I appreciate you being on the, on the guy's side and I'm sure everyone listening also appreciates that. So thank you on behalf of all the men listening, Alana, you rock great conversation. Very excited to be on your podcast. I know we're recording it tomorrow. Probably won't come out for several weeks after that. So if you guys want to check out my interview on her podcast, check it out in a few months from this release date. Alana, thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs>